0: And welcome to another edition of Big Trouble Podcast, episode 117. I'm Joe Dubs. I'm Joe Dubs. I'm Joe Dubs. And I'm Andy and Zach as well. So <laughs> we are here and we're finally in our Star Trek September, uh, doing Star Trek Next Generation. Zach's pick of an Encounter at Farpoint and Elementary Deer Data. I said that without a hitch. Applaud me job. (laughs) It only took
1: a hundred and something episodes. You're a professional broadcaster now.
0: (laughs) Hell yeah. Now I'm probably going to fuck up with the rest of the episode. Uh, But before we get into some of that topics and those talks about those episodes, what the hell you guys been playing, doing, watching? I'm I'm always going to start off with Andy because he always watches something at least.
1: That's right. I always watch something. Um, I watched (laughs) Billy Madison. How topical. I did it. (laughs) Nah, it's still pretty funny. It's not as funny as uh, Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore is my favorite uh I, I watched castle of Ostro. we did an episode on that so go back and listen to that if you're interested to hear about my opinions on that particular flick i've been playing a crud load of doom 64 i started playing it like one day just to kill time and now i'm, I'm sucked in that game is so much fun i'm, yeah. beat it. I'm beating it uh, I, i'd never really like played it before i remember renting it as a kid and that was it and i bought it on the switch when it came out just Oh, whatever! It's Doom. I love Doom, and oh man, it's so cool. I love the game. Is that the HD one? That yeah, what, whatever, it's on the Switch, so they they dressed it up. And apparently, I don't know if you have to beat it to unlock it or what, but there's like a lost levels part of it. There's like four extra levels that link it to the new games because in the new games they they're like, oh, we co- recovered you from hell, and it's it, it you know you you a long time ago you did all the shit, and now it's the future or whatever. They they created four more levels that link the old games with the 2016 and eternal which i i I, I gotta play that that sounds cool as hell but yeah i guess it's doom doom 2 final doom doom 64 big gap doom 2016 doom eternal i i never i never fully realized the actual chronological order i always thought final doom was just doom 1 and 2 repackaged for the playstation but i guess i was wrong
2: no it's like extra levels and stuff
1: yeah but that's pretty cool and then uh i've been watching a bunch of youtube i watched a bunch of a series called what happened it's uh from what's the guy's name matt mcmuscles i think muscles yeah it's a bunch of it's a bunch of episodes about like a game that came out and just sucked and it's a it, he just does like a deep dive into like why what happened um what they said was going to come out and then it came out and it was different and critical stuff and like uh, social media foibles. It's a really interesting series. I highly recommend
0: it. Did he do Watch Dogs? Because I want to see how Ubisoft really fucked with us. Cause I remember to I- say yes.
1: Lately, he's been doing... He has a big Patreon. And he's been doing a lot of episodes that were like oh, you should do this. But I, I've, I've been watching mostly old episodes. I watched uh, Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. Uh, Devil's Third is a really interesting episode. He, he does did
0: RE6, I remember.
1: Yeah, RE6 is one.
2: He does one on WCW.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. got some other movies and other shit too. But it's a really great series. I, I had no idea you guys already knew about it. But yeah, it's really good. I recommend yeah,
0: it. Yeah, I've watched almost all of them. He's great. All right. So, Zach... What about you?
2: Um, I have still been watching the uh, Great War on YouTube. Yes. Um, where am I where, what
1: date are you up to?
2: Oh, I'm in the beginning of September of 1915. Um, oh, okay. You took out a lot of war left. Russia's retreating. They're, they're fucking up. Well, they're retreating
1: for now. You hold on.
2: They're, <laughs> I mean, they're fucking up, though
1: did you get to the part it's around this time they're retreating and it's like one of the big um cavalry victories in the war they were like retreating and this russian general like took a bunch of cavalry guys and like fucked up some german lines as they were retreating yeah it was it's like right that, around that time yeah that that's happened, one of my favorite uh, events in the war it's very It happened funny. last month yeah well, there you
2: go um i've i've been watching these these star treks here um what else have i watched not much else. Not much watching. Uh, I'm reading uh, Secret War or from for Marvel uh, Comics. Oh, I love that series. I've never read Secret War. It's great. I or, like uh, Secret Wars, excuse me. Oh, Secret the, Wars. The original. The one. I, I hate that they did that, honestly. That, I always get them confused. I've never read the
1: original, but I read Secret War, the Alex Ross drawn um, – who wrote that one? I can't remember. I can't
2: remember. You let me borrow it a long time ago and I read it and I remember liking it, but I don't remember a damn thing about it now. It's stupid they stole the name because they don't really have anything to do with each other. That's what it always bothered me. This is like the original big crossover event in comics, though.
1: It's got the black suit Spider-Man in it, right? That's a big deal.
2: Yeah, a lot of stuff happens in it. Yeah. Um, it's pretty cool so far. I'm not that far into it. What's really interesting, though, is in the foreword in the beginning, they explain, like, how this even came about. And apparently it came about because DC had gotten a toy deal around this time. Like they were shopping around for like uh, toy deals for comic companies. And then Marvel missed out on it. And they were like, well, we want a toy deal. So then this other toy company, they don't even say who it is. They're just like, we'll do it. And they're like, all right. And then somebody in the company had a brilliant idea of what if we do like a big crossover event that puts all our, throws all our characters together to like advertise these toys. So it was just a big thing to sell toys? Yeah. And it ended up being like it ended up being this giant crossover event. It ended up causing other people to want to do that. And to this day, Marvel can't stop doing crossover events. It, to the it was the Star Wars of the Mar of the comic book world. Nothing was
1: ever the same.
2: Yeah. Jim Shooter writes it, who was like the big editor in like the late eighties to early nineties. Uh, he had that real hardcore policy about like if you don't sell over a hundred thousand units, your book's done. Which made made like you know high expectations and shit. Mm. Um, he's a pretty good writer though. Uh, gaming, Van Conquer, still playing it. I'm closing in on it, and I played Pony Island. Yeah,
1: mm. I guess you didn't love it. You just liked it. It was pretty good.
0: Yeah, but, uh, but hold on. um... Because you were teasing about like a big game coming in, that wasn't the big game, right? Pony no, red,
2: red alert's the big game. I'm not done yet. I'm Uh-oh. still. Only two on and a half
1: hours.
0: <laughs> it's
2: two and a half to four hours, depending on what you do. Did did you did you play it one sit down? I did, and then I went back to do a little bit of extra stuff. Uh, I didn't get all the tickets. I, I don't feel like doing. Me neither. that. there, I you don't have to. I just all I wanted to do was do the thing with bure because uh, I missed that. Oh okay. Um, I wanted to. I apparently missed this part where you learn something about the character's past. I just Mm -hmm. totally skipped over it somehow, and that was it. All right, that's it. That's it for me. I'm done. Dubs,
1: don't forget you get you gotta play it if you want to knock me down a few pegs. Otherwise, it might get replaced on the next Accelerated Gamer.
0: I'll check it out. Um, but. I've been I played one game uh inside it's if you ever played the game called Limbo it's from the same creators um I'm not going to go deep into detail because we have a show called Accelerate a Gamer for that um but it was it was interesting I was like I I need to not play a shooter so I don't get fucking uh, made fun of so I decided <laughs> to play an indie game and it, it was I was going to be like, all right, I'm going to play this for an hour. But then I just decided to play the whole fucking game in like three hours. (laughs) Uh, There it is. And then I watched some um, philosophy videos on YouTube about the game because the game is fucking weird, dude. There's a lot of 1984 kind of stuff going on in it and a lot of um, mind... Mind uh, brainwashing and all that stuff. So it's it's interesting. I, I highly recommend it. It's pretty cheap on Steam. I think like maybe fifteen to twenty dollars, and it's a good grab for an indie game. Uh, yeah. My dad actually recommended me a show in the middle of me playing Inside uh, called Night Night Flyers. It's a sci fi. Uh, <laughs> it's a sci fi show that never got any more seasons. That's just a typical sci fi show. If it's not Stargate, it, it really is. Yeah, if it's if it's not Stargate, Eureka or like Warehouse thirteen or something like that, then it's never gonna go anywhere. But it's interesting. Um apparently the ship is trying to meet these aliens because there's like a the earth is dying and these aliens could save the earth and something is preventing it on the ship and everybody's going crazy. It has like a dead space vibe a little bit to it. Um yeah. so that's interesting uh and you know i watch star trek next generation i'm gearing up for deep space nine and that is my next uh thing i want to watch um uh what else did i watch i watched more youtube stuff of xbox gamers just (laughs) complaining about you know the price and i'm not gonna beat a dead horse it's just annoying and it, it's funny seeing all the Xbox channels like saying, Microsoft, this is kind of fucked up. You guys need to you guys need to say something. And that's all I did. So inside Night Flyers, more Star Trek and more console war bullshit stuff that I watched. <laughs> all right, Zach, this is your first. Um, is this your first episode or have you seen the four lights stuff?
2: No, I just know the meme and the weird, the, the line, and I know things from Next Generation.
0: He knows the the, Borg. Like the the Picard
2: He's, face. Yeah. And the, I know about Borg. I know about Worf. I know about Klingons. I know about Ferengi. Uh, I, I, I've absorbed a lot of Star Trek things without watching it.
1: It's, it's impossible to live in Western society and not.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I would honestly say that a lot of a lot of modern Star Trek knowledge actually comes from this show rather than like the really old one or uh I would argue even some of the newer ones the ones that come after this one.
1: No, it seems like honestly I'd give it an even split of what is in the general consciousness. It's the original series and next generation and very very little of anything else.
2: I guess. It just seems like a lot of the references and stuff or like little little jokes or nods to Star Trek always seem to point to this series. Well, you're forgetting like Live Long and
1: Prosper. Oh, yeah, everybody. You're, forgetting talk. you're forgetting the tribbles. You're forgetting the tribbles. Beam me are- up Scotty, which has never actually said. Oh, but yeah. 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 Those are
2: three things. Those are three or four things. Keep
0: going. Um, <laughs> so... I'm not going to ask you why you picked Encounter at Farpoint. Your, th- your answer is probably, well, I want to start from the beginning, right? That's my answer. You're right. Yeah. So, <laughs> it, it does make sense.
1: It, kinda, it establishes a lot of the characters. It also, I never really realized, it, it establishes some stuff that ends up not mattering.
0: Uh... It, it, I want to say that the first season, and especially this episode, uh, it's trying to find its identity as a Star Trek show. Because yeah. you, you could tell that, like, there's some tidbits of acting like the original Star Trek, especially when they do, like, close-ups of uh, um, of everybody, and they're like, oh, my God, you know, what are we supposed to do? And then they I open- think it's in the writing even more so. Like,
1: a lot of the writers, I think, had worked on the original series, or at least, like, producers or something. Like, when the series was getting off the ground, Gene Roddenberry was still alive. Mm-hmm. So I think... In the first season in particular, there's a lot of the original series that's, like, trying to shine through. Now, this is coming from someone who's never seen the original series, so I might just be talking out of my ass. I might not know. But even the name, Encounter at Farpoint, sounds like the name of an episode from the original series to me.
2: Yeah. Hey, FYI, the original series is on Netflix right now.
1: I know. I've always I've always meant to watch it. I need to finish DS9, and then I kind of want to watch Voyager, but I want to watch the original series. And then there's that animated series. Whatever. We're talking about Next Generation too.
0: But, like, going back to that point, uh, of like it's trying to find its identity, it it, it tries to be like, oh, we're original and we're trying to become new. The time the times it becomes new to me is every time when Q shows up in a scene. Uh, when Q shows up into a scene, you're just like, oh, this is different, uh, compared because you know, you see like the whole flash and him changing into different costumes and kind of thing. But then uh, I know we jump around a lot, but like when we get to Riker, which is part two uh, of Encounter at Farpoint, it slows down drastically where you're just like, what is going on? But every time it goes back to Q and, you know, doing a test and being judged, you're just like, this is different compared to the original.
1: 100%. Every scene that John Delancey is in, he plays Q. Every scene that he's in, he steals. He's the best. He's He draws all the attention, and he's, like, really bombastic. But, I mean, the character he's playing gets to be. Like, uh, everyone else is, like, playing a more, like, subdued kind of character. But I still think, like, I, I'll never shut up about how fun of an actor John Delancey is. He is great.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Zach, I want your opinion. Um, okay. This is the first episode, so this is not full-on generation. You're not getting the full effect yet. Uh, no. deer, deer, uh, you know, elementary deer data. That's kind of when it's starting to get in its own identity and everything. That's
1: after the show grows the beard.
0: Yeah. Um, so what, what is your opinions about the characters? Uh, does anybody stand out to you? One that you like one that you're just like, what the fuck? Who is this kind of thing? Give me your opinions.
2: Um, the characters, uh, none of them really, uh, stand out per se. I'm kind of tangentially familiar with all of them because of what I was saying before.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, I was always kind of interested in seeing Patrick Stewart as Picard, like actually sitting there and watching it, you know, uh, he always kind of came off as that, that really good Centurion commander guy, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of, uh, uh, Kirk, (laughs) I know enough about Star Trek to know that there's a big difference between the two of them.
1: There is, but they uh, they took the character of Kirk and kind of like split him into Picard and Riker.
2: Yeah, that's what I kind of that's the kind of feeling I got because Riker was like bigger. He's younger, so he could do more away missions or whatever. Go fist fight fucking lizard men or something (laughs) like like Kirk would do maybe. (laughs) He goes down to a planet and gets exploded on, and rubble falls on him. (laughs) <laughs> the the day is that. Like, are you functional he's like i guess i'm okay then they just keep going <laughs> uh, like um uh, who else who, who's catching my eye tasha yard caught my eye because i had heard that oh she disappears after like the first season or some bullshit they just her character was gone the first time I
1: watched this series, a friend of mine was like, oh, what do you think so far? I was like, oh, I like, I like, I like, uh I like Worf. I like the, I like, uh, I like Tasha Yar. She, she's one of my favorites. And he's like,
2: oh, that's a shame. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: I kind of like her. She's, she's interesting. She's kind of hot headed, but it seems like she's dedicated to Starfleet or something. Um Worf. I, know, I like Worf because I like Klingons. Hmm. Worf Worf is really dry in the first season,
1: but every episode where he gets focused on after season two is great. Worf is one of the best developed characters on the show, in my opinion.
2: In the, well, in the other episode I watched, I I noticed, like they're kind of playing off of his dryness. It becomes like a part of his humor, I guess.
1: Yeah, he's he's deadpan and yeah. Like
2: he walks out dressed up in that Aww. suit and like Riker just looks at him and he's like, nice outfit. <laughs> because it's Worf it's funny i guess <laughs> yeah.
0: i like worf in uh, the first episode uh because you know he says captain uh, permission to clean the bridge <laughs> because of Q and yeah, yeah. that's the humor i it, he he grows on you like later on because especially when yar is not in the picture anymore yar kind uh, i mean worf kind of takes yar's uh spot yeah. Well, not,
1: not kind of. He straight up does. Like, she's yeah. chief of security right now. But after she's gone, uh, Worf becomes chief of security. Yeah, but his, it, it's his the role he was born to be in. His yeah.
0: mentality, and he, I know he's a Klingon. He's always about war, uh, battle and honor and all that stuff. Um, but Yar kind of was, you know, the same way where, like, we have to attack. You know, <laughs> what are we standing here for? Because if you watch more of Star Trek, Worf is like that. You know, yeah. Worf is always like, let's let's fucking shoot phasers at this unknown UFO in, in space. And, and Captain Picard's like, no, we, we don't know what the fuck is going on. We're not going to shoot it.
1: It's always been a real shame that Tasha wasn't on more of the show because they start talking about what her background is it, right off the bat. Like, right here in Encounter at Farpoint, she talks about, like, oh, the world I came from was like this and all this hell. Yeah. And... Then she's gone, and then they're like, I guess we're just not talking about this anymore. And they find an excuse to later, but it's not enough. Like, I always kind of wondered. From what I understand, there's a book or a comic or something that explains it. But I don't care about those books and the
2: comics. You know, share it. <laughs> All that matters is the movie.
0: Yeah, she. Uh, they uh, like Andy said, they kind of do talk about her a little later on, but it's like her sister or something, and they do backstory that way.
2: Yeah, of um, course, Data me, is... Or me, or of course data is like kind of a real attention grabber he's like this weird he looks like a weird guy then you find out he's an android <laughs> if you can't tell from the way he talks even like his yeah parents... i forgot about that
1: weird scene with bones in him where bones doesn't realize he's an android but i, I guess i get it like oh that was bones like... yeah. yeah that's
2: supposed to be bones mccoy i didn't know i was like I, I feel like this like i just thought it was some random old commander like it wasn't the first time I saw
1: this, I might not have caught it myself. But now I, I'm, I've, I'm way more familiar with the movies. I haven't seen the original ser- show, but I've seen all the movies several times. So I, 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 I realized it this time, hey, that, that's an interesting little scene.
2: Why is he? Hang on. Why is he so old, though? Because they have not the, m- next generation takes place like,
1: what is it? More than 100 years after the original series. Yeah. But they have why- that
2: movie with the, some of the old guys, the old cast.
1: You got to see generations to understand, but Kirk like gets sucked into the nexus, and it's like it 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 suspends him in time, and a hundred years pass, and then Picard comes along, and he's doing his adventure, and he gets sucked into the nexus, and Star
2: Trek's weird, man. (laughs) All right, all right, I didn't know about all that shit. So yeah,
1: it it like it keeps him young in the nexus, and then Picard finds him and pulls him out, and then he gets killed by Malcolm McDonald, and
0: (laughs) yeah
2: oh okay well uh yeah uh but that's pretty much everything i have to say about a lot of the main characters Riker, i thought came across like his acting was kind of like how it was in the old show yeah very much so but he um,
0: he he changes a lot too Uh, obviously he changes his facial hair because he's he's he has a beard in like season two and on uh the first season is all just like you know, no beard uh, Riker, and it's weird. Beardless Riker. Yeah, it's weird to me. Um, but it's just, he he's very, like, capturing Kirk's personality, uh, mm-hmm. and then he becomes his own, where he's more of a John Wayne type of character uh, in season two and on. And I did hear that Jonathan Frakes did study uh, John Wayne on how he walked, and how he talked, and that's why he, really? yeah, that's why he does that walk and and how he sits down as well too. <laughs> I also heard about his back problems. That's why he leans on a lot of furniture as well. If you notice in some of the scenes, he does lean a lot. Yeah. Um, no, I always
2: thought because he was super laid back. Turns out he has back problems. <laughs> well, that too.
0: <laughs> and it's funny because. Uh, when you find out about Troy and Riker, I was always wondering, and I totally forgot about this. I was like, oh, how did they get together? And they just like show it in the first season. We're just like, yeah, we know a lot about each other. And just saying that they have a past and they fucked before. <laughs> so... Um, what would you think of the Data and Riker scene? Because Riker was like, Data, do you think that you're superior than, than humans? And Data's like... We are. I, I do think I, I am superior, but I wish I was more human or something along that line. Uh, and I, I thought that scene was good. Uh, there's a lot of, a lot of like bipolar in every scene because Picard did it too. But Picard would be like smiling and, and welcoming, and then he, he goes into captain mode and he's just like, "I fucking hate children and <laughs> oh, yeah children ruin everything yeah he let, he let
2: wesley on the bridge and he was fucking he's doing shit he told him not to do get off my bridge now one of my favorite lines he ever says is shut up wesley <laughs> i know it, that one
0: and then when <laughs> when Riker comes on board and and uh picard is like you know how to do a manual lock right he's like well, why don't you go fucking do it <laughs> then... uh okay <laughs> I was uh,
2: surprised the thing detached. I didn't know that it did that. The 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 top saucer part. Don't get
1: used to it. They quit doing that? Yeah. It's so weird. They do it in the first episode. And I think they do it once more in the series ever. And then they do it in one of the movies. And that's yeah. it. Like, they act like it's such a big goddamn deal in the first episode. And then the writers are like, Yeah, this is stupid. We're not doing this anymore.
2: Hey, um... I know they used some early CG in, like, a lot of the space scenes. Uh, was this, like, model work mixed with CG? Yes. The, the, the I so, yes.
1: Yeah, they're, they're, they were still using models when uh, Next Gen was getting Because it looks started. really
2: good. CG like, didn't
1: really start getting used until Deep Space Nine. They only used CG for, like, some monsters and space shit in Next Gen. I,
2: I, I thought they just used it for, like, the engine to fucking jet. You know, all that stuff. and Yeah, Yeah, I think like the ships. photon torpedoes or CG, of course, and a couple other things. I was really surprised at how, how good that stuff still looked. Oh, the like, big wow, doofy
1: wall, great. the Q wall. That's the CG. Q wall, yeah.
2: I was like, oh, that's obviously CG. Whatever. <laughs> it's space. It's weird space shit. You can buy weird it. Weird it's fine. You it can look however. It doesn't matter.
1: It
0: doesn't exist. Yeah. I always wanted to know, uh, because they always talk about the history of, like, the post-atomic whatever and all that stuff. I want to learn about that and, <laughs> like, how the uh, soldiers had, like, used drugs and stuff. They maybe,
1: I I think, did you ever see Enterprise? No. I wonder if they don't elaborate it some in that, maybe? Because it's an older, it takes place hundreds of years before the original series, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. I it could check. be.
2: It could be in a book or something. I'm sure it's in a book somewhere.
1: I'm sure it, they like time travel to World War Three, Earth, and there's
2: a bunch of kooky shit going on. Mm-hmm. They equip they equip all the soldiers with with cocaine sniffers. Yeah, I, I mean they're, they're using drugs.
1: <laughs> I mean the Nazis used amphetamines and stuff toward the end of the Second World War. Like there's precedent set for that to this day. Like snipers and marksmen will use like benzos and stuff. Yeah
0: would you th- uh would you guys think of the court scene because obviously like he was just playing it up and trying to be unfair and all that stuff uh, yeah. until this whole yeah until the until the part where like there's always a Picard speech in like almost every episode, like Picard always comes out with like a a good save and all that stuff, and he's just like you know we're not perfect, and just test us, test you know only us. And he's like, a test. That sounds interesting. Uh, I want to hear like, Zach, what did you like that scene? Did you think it was pretty cool and interesting?
2: Yeah. And, uh, they do a good job of making Q a huge asshole and make you not like him. <laughs> yeah. did, did a very good job projecting that. Cause hmm like, God, he's just being so unfair. He's such a dick. Come on. We're not that bad. Right. It's like, that's, so this is a very star Trekky thing. I feel like, mm-hmm. um, but that's what Star Trek's about
1: at its core is mankind proving itself and bettering itself and blah, 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 blah.
2: Yeah. And uh, yeah, I like the court scene. It's kind of weird because it looked it reminded me of uh, some kind of weird post-apocalyptic.
0: Mad Max. Shit.
2: Yeah, somewhat. Maybe a little bit more advanced than that, obviously. God, but, yeah. Everyone's
1: dressed like in rags, but then the set doesn't look it doesn't match. It
2: looks and weird the, to me. And then the judge wears, like, this crazy clothing. Like, he, is, it was a period judge clothing that he was wearing, whatever. It's, it's so- what I'm... Oh, keep huh? on. Keep I was going to say, the soldiers have, like, those weird auto-cannon guns. They like, yeah. fucking I couldn't decide if I liked that or not.
1: Like, I get it. That does seem like a logical progression if you could do that.
2: But they're just not intimidating. It just looks kind of toy-ish.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um... What do you think of the planet where they, you know, obviously have Farpoint uh, with the whole, cause you know, the part where Riker is like, I you know, I want an apple and then like a second later, like a <laughs> bowl of apples just showed up. I, I, ju- that. I was like,
2: what the fuck?
0: <laughs> I actually rewinded that scene. Cause I was just like, did they, did they fuck it up and be like, there was apples there all along and then made it look like he was just like, Oh, there's apples now. But no, it was actually missing, and and then they edited. The yeah,
2: part. I did. I did that too. I was like, "Wait, was that there?" Yeah, <laughs> and That's I went back. Mystery,
1: and then, you guys. You're getting sucked in by the the, stuck, the mystery of Star Trek. It did. Yeah, it, it did. Out to be
2: a giant space jellyfish. I I want to make a shout out to the guy that played the um what was his name? Gr- Grubber something.
0: Fuck. The guy <laughs> who's in charge of the the. Yeah, the guy
2: or... on Farpoint Station. Yeah, the guy who was trying to sell it to. Starfleet and everything. All
0: right. it, it, Zorn.
2: Yeah, Zorn. Uh, that guy, his actor. I was like, oh my god, I know that dude. He has like this really distinct voice and everything. Yeah. Uh, and it's Michael Bell. He's done a lot of like, uh VO work. He's been in some video games. Oh, yeah. GI Joe, Transformers, Sonic. I think what his biggest, that? his most known role is probably being Raziel in Soul Reaver games. Huh, no kidding. That's interesting. That's where I know him from like that's crazy. I get to see him in like something live. That's cool. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I didn't like Troy in this episode. I think she was. Uh, I they showed off her beta zoid stuff where she could like feel the alien and all that stuff. But so you feel its emotions. But she's annoying in, in this
1: Troy. Ha- Troy definitely has one of the longest, like, development periods in the show, I think. Some characters are likable, like, right off the bat, like Picard or Worf or Geordie or Data. Some of them, they got to grow on you a little bit, like Dr. Crusher or, like, Riker a little bit. But, like, uh Counselor Troy, just, like, for the longest time, I was like, man, this character's so fucking boring. I wish something would happen. I wish they'd replace her. But she gets better. She gets better later.
0: Yeah, she
2: gets she... her? What's her accent supposed to be? It's like, I'm always sitting there trying to figure yeah, who knows? that out. I'm like, is she trying to be like Russian or is she like, well, I know. The don't... actual actress is like Greek or something, I think. I think she is. Yeah. Um, but
1: I don't know if that's what they're
2: going for or. Yeah. I, I've been, I've been trying to figure that out as I've watched these two episodes. Well, the thing
1: is like her character isn't supposed to have any discernible accent. Cause she was, she grew up on, what's the name of the planet? Beta Z or something. She's a beta zoid.
2: Mm-hmm. It's a Betazoid accent. She's
1: half half Betazoid. Never mind.
2: <laughs> yeah. I forgot Jordy too. Of course, I automatically like Jordy because it's LeVar Burton. Of course. He's got that sweet fucking visor. I know yeah. he can't see in the visor. He needs the visor to see, but it's fucking sweet.
0: So I, I watched that scene again where he's with Dr. Crusher. And so let me get this straight. He's always in pain with with that eyes because he's... In- I-
1: they I do something them- with that later in season one, I think. They like do
2: a surgery or something and fix it. I want
0: to yeah. say. It I seemed think.
2: like they were they were building to that, like just based off of that one scene. Yeah, yeah.
1: They're like, oh, we're, we're gonna do something. We'll figure something out.
0: Yeah, because he's. And like, I think
2: it's it's a B plot later or something.
0: Yeah, because he's like, I'm always in pain. I can't take painkillers because uh, then I can't like see out of my visor or whatever. Well, then he, he says he can't function on the job. Yeah, he can't take a bunch
1: space opioids and
0: and run the con so i guess he's always probably feeling pressure and like a headache all the time is what i'm guessing something like that i'm sure um i don't know what else to talk about the the only thing i want to say about data in this episode is that he's good as an android but there's one part where he kind of shows a little fear and and anxious a little bit is when, you know, Riker comes in and he's doing the manual lock and he just looks like he's, you know, doesn't believe in him kind of thing. Because if you were an android, wouldn't you be like, okay, sir, I'm going to go sit down over here?
2: Well, data shows fear and anxiousness in the elementary dear data as well. Sort, maybe, sort of.
1: I I don't know if he's supposed to be. Like, that might just be us, like, projecting
2: well, I, that's, that's possibly. Not, that's not what Moriarty says. That's uh-huh.
1: true. <laughs> we might, I mean, this is a good time to jump to the next one. By the way, Zach, how confusing is it that we go from Encounter at Farpoint and we watch Elementary Dear Data and Dr. Crusher's gone and Dr. What's-Her-Face is there oh, and Tasha R is gone. It's confusing, right?
2: Why is, why is Crusher gone? Um, the actress, I think, got
1: pregnant and they had to replace her for a season. Mm-hmm. But I don't uh, remember the in-universe reason. She gets transferred temporarily or something happens. And then at the end of season two, she comes back.
2: Oh, I, th- I want to say, though, the end of that episode, I did not expect space jellyfish. <laughs> yeah. I, did, I was like, uh, oh, OK, sure. I, I thought it was going to be like something else, sort of. But then as it kept progressing, like, OK, something weird's going on with the ship or whatever. And then it's a jellyfish. I'm like, oh, well, at least we didn't watch the
1: episode with like the Crystalline Entity or some other silly bullshit or uh, Nagila <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's some weird weird ass shit.
0: <laughs> all right, so uh, elementary deer data. Um, so this is more of a. It, it had a good plot and good writing and good acting all around, but it's it's more of a a fluff episode, more of a fun. There's a lot. There's a lot. Uh, a lot of uh, episodes where they could do hollow deck and very laid back episodes.
2: It's uh, a standalone, kind of like a. I think Andy said it. It's like Monster of the Week for X Files.
1: Yeah, pretty much, it's it's the same premise. It's just, hey, we're gonna we're gonna play around with these characters in in the sandbox that is the
2: uh, holodeck. I really like that stuff. See, some people, I'm gonna go off on a short tangent. Some people that watch X Files are like, oh, I don't like Monster Week shit. No, that shit's my favorite.
1: Yeah, that's the good stuff. It's Without that, like... the rest of the stuff just
2: feels hollow. I, I like the, the main plot, but, yeah, the, the, I always like the random episodes. So this kind of scratches that itch a little bit of that for me.
0: Um, so my thing uh, that I like... What, 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 here's... Because you come in on an episode where Dr. Pulaski has a little uh, personality. When you first see her, you're kind of like, who it is? who is this bitch? And... And, you know, why does she, you know, have a stick up her ass kind of all the time?
1: Yeah, like, when they introduce her, they're, like, she's kind of rough. Because she's kind of a bitch for a, for almost the whole season. How could you be mean to
2: Data? Yeah, unless she's, like, a total bitch in this episode in particular. Like, I know he's a robot and, like, they're that shit she's with Picard. She's yeah. android prejudiced. Picard didn't really care about Data that much, you know, the whole thing with, with the Picard show. And it's like, yeah, I could kind of buy that. He still wasn't like a total asshole to him, though. No. <laughs> so, but like, I was like, damn, he's like, right, he's sitting right there, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jeez. I like how Forge just got pissed off at Data. He's like, you fucking know every ending to every holodeck scenario. He's like, I can't do this anymore. Uh, And then, obviously, that's when Dr. Pulaski came up with the, uh, you know, the scenario that, you know, make a scenario where it beats Data and (laughs) it's literally the fucking uh, computer against him Uh, or Dr. Moriarty uh, uh, sees it. Moriarty. Yeah. uh, Sees the computer. I always thought of that, by the way. And it's interesting that season two, they kind of they go, oh, who the fuck are these people? Why is there a visor on this guy? And why is, uh, you know, this little uh, computer area like showing up and then mysteriously disappearing? And then you have Moriarty there just being like, huh, what is this? Let me touch these buttons. Um, what, Andy, I want your opinion on this. Like, do you, did you like that some of these holograms were just like, what the fuck? Did you... well, yeah,
1: of course. I mean, normally the holograms are just like going about their own business, but because Geordi requests the computer to come up with an adversary that's capable of giving Data a challenge, it's like, oh, they've got to be super intelligent and all this other stuff. And it's so perfect that it's Moriarty, like the actual, if you guys don't know, Moriarty is the actual character from the Sherlock Holmes books. That was like his arch nemesis or whatever. The guy's also yeah. like a, he, he's a super intelligent super villain-like character. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really cool that it ends up being him. Uh, that That's part of why also, like, when Wharf turns up and he's in a suit, he's like, nice suit. And they're all kind of, like, awkward for a second. <laughs> I always took that to be wait a minute this isn't gonna fucking work <laughs> because like he's a Klingon clearly yeah like there were no Klingons in Victorian London guys but I don't know Jordy's visor is getting by so I, I don't know obviously all the uh the NPCs for lack of a better term are programmed to just like ignore that but someone like moriarty would like pick up on that and they know at that point oh he's studying the ship and all this other stuff also something that bugs me about this episode and it bugs me about it every time i've seen it i've seen it three or four times how does he take the piece of paper that moriarty gives him off the holodeck i hate it so much
0: yeah because zach i don't know if you know um but everything that leaves the holodeck like disappears like it, it can never live
1: that makes sense, but they it explain sense. it works like the teleporters. It's turning energy into matter. So yeah. if that's what's happening, theoretically, I guess it could create something that is per- permanent. Maybe sort of.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I don't get it fully, and I, I don't. I don't know if you're supposed to. It's like a magic, magic space box that they use to make weird stories. Yeah. I, I love all the holiday episodes. There's. Um, uh, you know, minor spoiler alert but not really they do revisit moriarty later in the series so oh, if cool. you like this episode by any chance zach there you go there's a little incentive to get to that and there's a whole nother set of episodes where picard is going to the Deck to spend some extra time but he is like a, a noir detective and it's Nixon, um, hill. Nixon hill and yeah. it's obviously based off of the raymond chandler books he's supposed to be philip marlowe oh it's great oh. i love those episodes are great too
2: that's
0: cool Zach, what about you? Did you, uh, did you like the hologram? Did you like the whole Moriarty kind of thing? What's your opinion on Moriarty is what I'm trying to go for.
2: Uh, yeah. I I thought this whole episode was pretty clever. I like how they, they, the whole plot kind of hanged on just saying one word wrong. Mm -hmm. Really. And, And they go back to that, uh, later. Um, uh. Yeah, I thought the, the angle with Moriarty was pretty interesting. It's like, oh, of course it's him. But then, like, he, he he becomes sentient. It's like, oh, it's like, I guess the the NPCs in the holodeck, I suppose, are just sophisticated AIs or something, right?
0: Yeah. Somewhat
2: sophisticated AIs. Enough that you can interact with them and they can say shit back to you and you can carry conversation with them. But they don't have total sentience or something. Um, but this one does.
0: <laughs> so, did Dr. Pulaski not know she was like a hostage? Was she just thinking that, you know, he was being a nice dude? You know,
1: I think she was just trying to stay level headed. I-, I think she was being intelligent in that she wasn't giving up more details about the ship. Mm-hmm. She was just, what are you talking about? What ship? You know, <laughs> I I, th- I think she was being a well trained Starfleet officer.
2: Yeah.
0: My my thing is also, it uh, kind of confused me, maybe because whatever uh, processor in the holodeck was messing with the ship. Why was the ship shaking, by the way? Did they explain that? Well,
1: he built that weird machine that was interfacing with the computer for some reason. And, like, he didn't understand. He just knew that he was impacting the real world. And I think it was just, like, the suddenness of, like, he's just doing something would cause... The ship's computer to to do something. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It, I, he 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 caused peril to the real world. That's what they needed to convey. I
0: mm-hmm. think
2: the way I interpreted that was since he's basically a AI hologram bullshit in the computer. He's interfaced with the ship's computer so he can make it fucking move if he wants. Yeah. So instead, it's not so much all he's physically moving a handle in the the fake. Uh, hologram england is just in the computer he can move the ship
1: yeah the, the lever is just ones and zeros and yeah. he doesn't understand how those ones and zeros impact the what's going on but he's figuring it out god damn it
2: yeah did you know notice- that,
1: that's, that's the clicking the ticking clock element in that episode oh we have to stop moriarty before he figures
0: out how to really do something yeah did you notice how picard was so fucking calm in this episode was it me like he was in, in many other episodes there's a point where he panics, especially episode one with Q. Because, sort you know, of. I
1: mean,
2: he's always somewhat cool. I mean, give him some credit. That's kind of his M.O. Yeah, but he, can, he can lose his cool, I think. But that, yeah. to me, that makes him a little bit more interesting because he can get to a point where he'll kind of just drop it. Yeah, I don't really
1: see him ever convey worry so much as, like, frustration or even wrath.
0: Yeah, but there was not there was not even frustration or anger because think about it. You have your two uh, uh, officers going as Holodeck, and you got to think Holodeck as like a video game system, right? Like he's going into sure. this world or playing these characters. I mean, he does it himself, um, but <laughs> like, like he pre- uh, LaForge pretty much tells the computer, "Here's the keys to fucking you know the Enterprise," in a way of giving, you know, idea that there is an outside world within the holodeck as well. And he's just like, hey, man, you just said the wrong word. It's cool. I'm just going to go in there and talk to Moriarty, and it's, you know, everything's going to be a okay." And that's pretty much what happened. He went in there. He said, you know, you see that Moriarty is wondering what is life outside the holodeck, knowing about all this information. And it's pretty interesting having a guy during that time Frame or that timeline getting information about a spaceship and everything like
1: that's interesting but the most the payoff to the episode for me my favorite part just to segue a little bit is um the conversation they have about how moriarty is saying look i mean i understand now like you've told me and i figured it out i'm a computer program but the thing is i don't want to die like i now understand what's going on and i know that if you turn this off i'm just gonna stop existing And then Picard kind of like waxes poetic a little bit about the nature of like, well, can you bestow sentience on something and then take it away? And that's the fun part of the episode for me. That's the Star Trek is well, shit, we accidentally like created something that seems to be a thinking reasoning thing. Even if it is ones and zeros, is it ethically sound of us to just kill him? Yeah. I like, I like
0: that a lot. And you notice that they don't, really care because there's more holodecks and more crazy shit happens like uh, for example some I guy what
1: think. they they start they're like okay well we gotta make sure that the, the, the holodeck can't access the main computer or something maybe I
0: don't know I mean that goes back to like the Black Mirror episodes where you're just like you know when you turn off a, a game is those digital characters what are they doing do they have a life and all that stuff and that's kind of like the holodeck once they turn it off they're non-existent they don't they're not there anymore um mm-hmm. but zach you'll find out in more holodeck episodes you're just like what the fuck is this guy doing why does he have like all the women in star trek like all fall in love with him and that, that that's one of the great episodes as well <laughs> Yeah, <it's laughs> one of the great, that's one of
1: the great characters right there yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh but so zach i i guess we'll leave it up to you give me your final impressions about this episode.
2: Uh, I really liked it. Uh, like I said, I like the whole, uh, kind of one-off nature of it. And to me, what the strength of those kinds of episodes is it's just, uh, it's more character building stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like, Oh, I get to see like more of Jordy and data. It's a Jordy data episode.
0: Those are fun. You get They're more of that.
2: Some of the best. And, uh, uh, I don't know it showed it showed data is like oh he's not always gonna know the answer to everything all the time obviously <laughs> and uh I like the 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 thing with Moriarty and all that the twist where he, he ended up kind of figuring out what was going on and like Andy was saying I liked that part where they were like oh we shouldn't kill him let's let's save his file you <laughs> know um and I like the end of it too when he when car goes to jordy and he's looking at his ships like, oh, the guy got messed up when he he was messing with the ship controls and he tells him like uh they, they have that talk and he basically tells him it's all right and like, i know you're kind of making fun of him He's like it's all right brother but honestly how would he have possibly known that something like that could have happened
1: yeah i mean you know? I, they make a point at some point to say oh this holodeck technology this is like brand new I think the Enterprise is one of very few ships who are outfitted with it because it's the brand new flagship. And as the series goes on and then DS9 and Voyager stuff, it becomes more and more common. It's a plot one of the movies and stuff. But right now it's kind of new. Like they just figured out, oh, we can use this machine to turn energy into matter and we can use it for recreation. And it's still, there's kinks to be worked out. I think in a few episodes they are talking about, oh, I upgraded the... The holodeck. Now it can do some other now. I can shoot data with an arrow during a, a Robin Hood thing. That happens. Uh, Cancer Troy puts an arrow through Data's chest. Yes. He just like pulls it out or some shit. I well, know, he's he's an android, but he's like, oh, it, it impacted just below my intercostal bullshit. I don't know. He says on the
0: computer. he and he also says, Your aim is getting better. <laughs> <laughs> so um at the end of the day, it was all ship shape and Bristol fashion. Yes, that's what Picard says. Yeah. Um, I, I I totally forgot. That's, that's
1: when Picard's at his best, too, is when he's talking about old shit.
2: That's <laughs> what I like about him. I like, I like he's kind of got that old, he likes the old world kind of stuff, you know. He, he likes old ships and old
0: books and old tea. He kind of, he, that's one of the things that he kept with Kirk, by the way, because Kirk was always fascinated with the history, uh, with the books, and Picard mm-hmm. is the same way. So, Picard's an
1: archaeologist, too. Mm
0: hmm. Um,. I don't know what else to say. I mean, I I know me and Andy are going to always say recommend these episodes because. We
1: yeah, uh, it's easy to be like, oh, you you the show grows the beard. That's where this this term comes from. Riker grows a beard season two and the tears gets good. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's easy to like see a correlation that isn't there just just for fun. And be like, oh, you can skip the beginning, but no, season one has a few good episodes and it kind of a far point, I think is one of them. It's just, it's pretty long. You got to sit down expecting to kind of watch a short movie.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, After I watched it, I just kind of let it play because after it was done, I started playing Doom and it started playing episode two though, which is uh, The Naked Now, I think it's called. And that's one of my least favorite episodes, and I hate that so much because it's so easy for someone to try to be like, "I'm going to watch Next Generation," and they watch Encounter Farpoint. and they're like, "Okay, I see what I see what's going on here," and then they watch The Naked Now, and they're like, mm, "This series is stupid. It's not fair. Get to season two. That's where that good stuff
2: is." Well, now you just make me want to watch that episode, but uh... yeah, it's
1: it's okay. It's worth watching, but it's very much it's very much a episode right out of the original series. Oh, basically can... everyone just acts drunk and fucks each other it's really weird
2: <laughs> that was an episode of the old star Trek. well it's an episode of next Generation. Yeah, I the... yeah they're, they're, they're doing a thing
0: yeah the first season is definitely it's like,
2: it's like poetry it rhymes
0: the, the first season is definitely uh <laughs> identity you know finding its its identity and uh there's a <laughs> i think it was one of the episodes where the uh one of the band members from Fleetwood Mac is, like, one of the aliens under the uh, costume and shit. Yeah.
2: Is That's it Mick Fleetwood? I think so. Nah. It'd probably be the, he'd probably be the only one who could do it because he's unusually tall.
1: It's, yeah. it's someone else, I think. No, maybe oh. it is. Because it, it's... it's No, is it Mr. Hom or is it someone else? I,
0: I do know it was, like, one of those... Uh, <laughs> they were assassins and shit. Like, they were going to go to this meeting and they were going to... It was when uh, Troy's. Oh, mom... that's
1: right! No, they're those tall aliens that don't. He doesn't have a speaking line. And
0: they eat it's like fucking fish and shit. It's that's weird. It.
1: No, better than that. No, the best, the best cameo in all Star Trek is a D Space Nine, and it's when Iggy Pop plays a Vorta. That's the best. One. <laughs> <laughs> and like he doesn't even disguise it. They just like put the Vorta bullshit on him. He's got this stupid looking ears. And he just like talks like he pop, man. It's weird. It's cool.
2: I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'll say this. I'll say one more thing though. Um, after having actually sat down and watched some Star Trek that wasn't like a fucking movie or something. Mm-hmm. Uh specifically like the newer movies. Mm-hmm. Um i can definitely see why so many people are fucking upset
1: (laughs) it doesn't take much does it it doesn't take fucking much i watched
2: the equivalent of three episodes and even like in the shaky uh season one area it's like no i understand why people are so fucking mad what have they done (laughs) why why is it so stupid <laughs> to think of, like, just geez. Well, this is exciting because now
1: you get to watch the equivalent of six more episodes and you'll be even more in our camp.
0: All right, so that means well,
1: whose episode are we watching next?
0: Actually, mine, and I'm about George. to announce it is okay. season three, episode 12, the high ground. And to kind of give it a synopsis, it's one of those episodes where just like, oh, these terrorists are, blow, are killing you know another faction, but then you find out like they're not so evil after all kind of episodes and it, it's pretty good I like it um and then the other episode is season four episode eight future imperfect it's a Riker episode uh and a little synopsis here is they go on too much yeah <laughs> they go on a planet they all like get knocked God. out and then Riker wakes up and he's like that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wrote synopsis, that one. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't wanna spoil it too much because then you're just gonna be like, what the fuck is going on here?
2: It's like trying to give a synopsis to the David Lynch movie. No. <laughs> just watch it. You can't do it. You just have to tell him to watch it. That's I mean,
1: all. He I'm can sure. give a synopsis, but like the whole episode is based around like kind of like, oh, what the fuck? Kind of
0: Yeah. Can you elaborate? Like, like no. I said, a David Lynch <laughs> thing. I love when he says no, when people say, can you elaborate? No. Uh, <laughs> and then he just
2: keeps talking. <laughs>
0: uh, um, okay, now it's time for some news that matter to us. So who wants to go first? I'm going to go with Zach since you had a couple.
2: I have things. Uh, Chadwick Boseman is gone. He died.
0: Rest in peace.
2: He died Friday evening, I guess.
0: Yeah, during our Accelerated Gamer uh, recording.
2: That's true. Yeah. Apparently he had colon cancer the whole time for years. Yeah. And that just makes me wonder how the hell he managed to stay in such good shape for so long.
1: Yeah. The guy was basically superhuman as far as I can
2: tell. Yeah. (laughs) Except he died. He died. Yeah. Well, you know, but um, yeah, it's pretty sad because he was so young and all that, you know, and um, I kind of, I liked him as black Panther, I guess. I don't have a lot of experience with that character. He has, he's never been in a lot of the stories I ever read. You know,
1: I've always wanted to see, and I mean to seek it out now because he's been in the news so much. and Everyone's been talking about, it. I want to see the movie where he was Jackie Robinson. A good. I wonder if that's
0: good. Film. If that's be.
1: Is it good? You've seen it. Yeah, it's a good film. I'm going to check it out. Cool.
0: Um, the only thing I'll say, and this is nothing trashing him. I like him as an actor. Great actor. Love him. Um, black Panther is an okay movie. It's a lot better than fucking uh, Miss Marvel, or whatever Captain Marvel. Uh, I still haven't seen it either. Yeah, but I don't know. That's
2: sitting the low, the bar low, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: It's 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 an okay film. Uh, you know, it's whatever. You know, me and Andy have our things with uh, superhero movies, so but I'll watch it one day. He's a great actor, though. I, I appreciate him as an actor, and rest in peace. Um, yeah, moment of silence. Okay, we're done. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, did you do you have any news things? Um, I guess I've got two more. Let's let's get this one out of the way because I know me and Andy want want to talk about it. So Ubisoft, uh, had a thing before saying that PlayStation Five is going to have PS One, PS Two, PS Three backwards compatibility. Four is going to be backwards compat in, on the five, but. One, two, and three, apparently they pulled that from the Ubisoft uh, whatever site they posted it on. And people are just like, I guess there's no backwards compatibility in PlayStation 5. And a lot of people are pissed off because Xbox it has been very vocal on the whole we're gonna have like every fucking generation on our box. And Sony just like, fuck you. You you need you want you wanna you want to play backwards combat, You're gonna to have to buy like all the digital, probably.
1: <laughs> it's so hard to understand where companies are coming from with this stuff, and I don't. I obviously it's uh, it's going to make them more money, but there's like a line to be drawn between oh, I want to make money and I want to have goodwill, and it, it was kind of the argument that was had for generations of consoles regarding region locking, because mm-hmm. region locking serves little to no purpose. There's yeah. why bother, unless it's just because you want to be greedy and you want to make it sh- make sure that you have a big like a game comes out in Japan months before it comes out in the United States in the early 90s, and they didn't want people like importing it and stuff, they want to have a big launch when it comes out in the United States. And they finally started syncing up, and region locking didn't matter as much. And thank goodness most systems aren't region locked anymore. But I feel like we're having a similar conversation now about backwards compatibility that to make PlayStation One and possibly even two games compatible on a PlayStation 5 has to be trivial. Probably, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know a lot about hardware development or software emulation, but one or the other has got to be a trivial matter. They, yeah. They'd they have to be able to do it really simply, but they don't want to. I, I don't think it's that they can't. They won't, clearly. Yeah. They won't.
2: That's what I think it is. It's just money it's like i said before we went on i was like it's just because they know they can still sell these games to people digitally yeah so why why leave that money sitting on the table
1: digital sales are pretty much all profit i mean you have to license an intellectual property perhaps but you know the example I used before, Metal Gear Solid. I want to play Metal Gear Solid because I played it when I was a kid. Now I own a PlayStation Five, and uh, oh
2: man, it's just ten dollars. Okay, it's just
1: ten dollars. I'll download it. I'm gonna download. Oh, it's on sale for eight. I'm gonna download it, sucker right now. Play, play me some Metal Gear Solid. But if I already, I still own it from childhood, they don't get that money, and I just play it and I'm happy. Oh, we can't have that. Uh-uh.
2: Good thing I still have a PS One.
0: I, yeah. I, I think, I think this is what happened. I think. They have the capability of doing backwards compatibility in a PlayStation 5. I, I literally think it's just a switch of a fucking... uh, You know, they flip open the, the floodgates and they have backwards compatibility. I mean,
1: they, they, could, they could do it with software easily. Just just go online, Google uh, PlayStation 1 emulator, and tell me the file size. That's, that's the difference. That's all they'd have to do. And plus, an emulator has to use a proprietary BIOS. Sony owns the fucking BIOS. They don't have to do that work. They just... Put the bios
0: in there. You're done. Yep, I think they literally said that to compete with Xbox because Xbox has always been, you know, we're gonna have every backwards compatibility and on a box and everything. And then they see Xbox tumbling right now uh, with, you know, obviously with Halo not showing up anymore. They're not showing any. They haven't showed any gameplay on the Series X as of lately. the only, The only game that they showed was one indie game, and the Medium. That's about it. And I think Sony just saw this, like, we have the momentum again and <laughs> decided to fuck the consumers and go, we're not going to have backwards compatibility. Sorry. Um, mm. You're going to have to pay for that shit.
1: It's, it's hard to try to keep something like this in perspective, though, because I think in the grand scheme of things, this doesn't matter too much. It matters to people like us, mm. the, our, our segment of the audience that they're targeting, which is everyone. But to a, most other segments, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to people who are really young. It doesn't matter to people who are casual gamers. It doesn't matter to people who are going to buy it only to stream Fortnite and Call of Duty on t- on Twitch. Like, there's a ton of people that didn't bat an eye at this announcement. But it's that small segment of of vocal niche classic collector gamers that are like, oh man, stupid bullshit. Ugh. And I'm kind of one of them. So.
2: Yeah. Well, it didn't matter to me because I still own all those old consoles. yeah, I mean, I own like two PlayStation ones and a two and two threes and a four and all kinds of to fucking add them
1: up. I got like a PlayStation fourteen sitting around here.
0: i got a I got a PlayStation three. all I need is a a two I got a one, but I think it's broken. so I need to get a two and a one.
2: all oh, um, ones are dirt cheap, they're easy to find.
0: Yeah. But if you have
2: a PlayStation three, you got a PlayStation one. yeah, that's the other thing too. even if it's a non backwards compatible p s three they still play ps1 games.
1: every playstation 3 that was manufactured plays ps1 it's it, they women. never advertised it like people just don't know that it it needs to be more common knowledge if you own a playstation 3 you got a playstation 1 buddy
0: oh so yeah. then all i need is a playstation 2 then so mm-hmm. there cool. you
2: go and then you'll have another ps1 hell yeah, yeah that's true then
1: you have yet <laughs> another one
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do this generation is weird uh with gaming and it's that's all i'm gonna say it's fucking first week of September and we still don't have a price, but I digress on that. Is I, that... Uh,
1: speaking of people's reaction on Twitter to real quick, just as a side thing, IGN had a, something on Twitter recently. What's your unpopular next gen gaming opinion like regarding Xbox and PlayStation and people saying a bunch of stuff? Overwhelmingly, people uh people that I follow specifically were all like it should be delayed till next year.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they're only yeah. they're only doing that. Is because one, they already spent the money on the marketing, so they can't. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, yeah, they, they gotta they gotta make that coin before the end of a fiscal year. It's, shareholders, it's about
0: shareholders,
2: yeah. yeah. It's about fucking shareholders. It's about how gaming's become more corporate, not for its total benefit,
0: and and two, they want to capture everybody's money before like the economy just fucking blows up. I think as well, they want to get that quick money because if the, the economy fucking blows up. Nobody's gonna buy a six hundred dollar system. Um and a quick note, a graphics card that came out today and they're they're expensive. Oh boy, and they're huge. Go 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 on, you know, PC gaming websites and read up on it.
1: <laughs> yeah, at some point I don't understand. Like graphics cards used to like maintain a pretty reasonable size and then they started getting bigger, and it seemed like as technology would progress they would do something about that. They haven't. They're, they're still, like, they're still, like, a huge honking monster. They need, like, two ports and four fans and a bunch of extra plugs. And fucking settle down,
2: guys. The graphics card's basically like a miniature computer you're putting in your oh, goddamn it is.
1: computer. It, <laughs> is, it has it has its own processor. It has yeah. its own, I think, its own BIOS. I, I don't know. I don't know enough about
2: it. I'm, I'm going to shut up now before I make myself look stupid.
0: Okay. Zach, you said you had a couple more news.
2: I do. Uh... One's gaming related and we'll just get all the gaming shit out of the way with this one. And that was a little news story came out recently that uh, AT&T who just bought Warner Brothers and stuff uh, earlier this year, uh, they decided to keep the Warner Brothers games uh, unit, which uh, I think we brought this up a couple months ago or something that it it was potentially up for sale. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, at the end of the day, they, they got so solicited for some offers, and they're just like, "No, we're gonna keep it." Um, and everyone was like, "I'll give you a dollar for it." Yeah, basically, allegedly, this could have gotten up to four billion dollars for a sale. <laughs> That's a pretty big chunk.
0: I um, did, because they said you know they're valuable or something like that, which I eh, I have to agree a little bit. Uh, DC fandom showed off what Gotham Knights and the Suicide Squad game. Uh, could potentially bring them, um, and obviously like the Suicide uh, Squad movie, but that's that's not part of WB. Even games.
1: even besides that, isn't Warner Brothers like one of the the? It's I think it's in the top five biggest video game publishers now. I think.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You also got think NetherRealm Studios is a part of Warner Brothers Games. Yes. So it's you also get things like Mortal Kombat. You'll get the Injustice games because it's DC shit. But those always sell really well and do well when they come out.
0: Fucking and, uh, Ed Boon is teasing on Twitter that something's coming, so I wonder if it's a something with Mortal Kombat. Didn't they release an
2: expansion? Yeah, but they're still. They've said that they plan to support that game for a few years, Good. and it really seems like they're backing that up because here we are a year later, and they're still putting out stuff for it. Good. Um. Yeah, but that, that's that. I just thought that was interesting. I'm glad they decided not to sell it. For sure. Uh, because I, in my experience, anytime stuff like that's happened, it's usually not been for the better. Um, the other news I have, it's somewhat gaming related, but it's more TV kind of stuff. Uh, there's a Resident Evil TV series that was coming out. Uh, I think we, we might have mentioned it brief, briefly before. Oh yeah, Netflix Evil TV series. I think it was just speculation at first, and yeah, it's 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 happening. There's a little. What were you gonna say? I saw a
1: synopsis for it that I thought was a joke.
2: No.
1: Yeah. It was- it was, it was a
2: joke, right? No, it's, no not it's, so it's, it's not a joke. It's like the Wesker children uncover dark secrets in New Raccoon City. And I, so I read that, and I'm like, what the fuck? Is that
1: a real pitch? Is that what it's really going to be yeah. about? It really seemed like something something. someone was like, oh, you've heard of Muppet Babies. Now it's time for Resident Evil Babies. Like It really
2: <laughs> sounded like
1: a joke to me.
2: Now, hang on a second. The Wesker children, that thing is a real plot thread in the Resident Evil games. Sex. Okay. And they aren't really just kids. It's just that, like, it was an experiment done with, like, uh, you know, DNA-enhanced, you know, let's do some eugenics experiments with kids. Yep. And uh, one of those kids, obviously, is Wesker. Mm, okay. uh, so and, and there's another character uh, that is his sister that appears later in the series, and she's an evil bitch and turns mm. into a monster. Go I- no figure. <laughs>
0: I don't know. if I think you said it, Zach, but it's just like, why don't they just fucking do the first game? This is exactly what I was
2: going to say. I was getting into this. Now, when I first heard this pitch, this little this little synopsis thing, I'm like, well, OK, let's just give it a chance to see what happens. Well, as before I found out <laughs> that this TV series was produced by Constantine Film. The same production company responsible for the Milia Jovovich Resident Evil movies. Yeah, I'm like, nope, <laughs> nope. This is gonna be fucking stupid. This is gonna be just like the goddamn movies. And then I got mad again, and I was like, why the fuck can they not do the plot for the first fucking game? Why is that so hard for them to fucking do? Is
0: <laughs> do you think like Capcom is pitching this? Be like, hey, can we just like do Jill Valentine? You know the the Stars team, Alpha and Bravo. And then, no. like, and then Constantine film just comes in and goes. What if we just take those Wesker people, and then we just like do a little fucking mystery about like Umbrella Corp?
2: No, At- I don't think Capcom has much input on any of this stuff. Like, I'm honestly, almost
0: sure
1: they don't. They, they're just cashing a check.
2: I think they're just they're pretty hands off about. It. They're like, you guys are going to handle movie. Yes, yes, good, good movie. And then they just go and do their shit. You know, they, that's they've always been kind of aloof about stuff like that.
0: I can't can't believe I'm saying this, but, like, so far, the Resident Evil movies is (laughs) closer of what the actual games were based off of just characters and Raccoon City setting and all that stuff. Other than that, what I'm hearing with the synopsis bullshit is they're like, oh, new Raccoon City, like, they fucking rebuilt it after, you know, the bombing. it just,
2: it sounds like dumb shit that's going to be the next step in those old movies. I just want somebody to just do the first game's plot, but expand on it. You could do bullshit like, oh, everybody's coming to Raccoon City, they're moving, and they're doing police bullshit for a while, and you get some character building, and then the the, the incident happens. I want to see... Just
0: do that. I want to see fat Chris Redfield just being an evil douchebag, just like in Village, so...
2: Chris isn't fat, man. He's fucking
0: buff. He's old... Buff, beer belly, buff. Buff.
2: That's what happens, man. You can't fucking stay in shape forever unless you're Master Roshi. He's buff when he feels like it.
0: Yeah, I guess we'll see. I'm. I'm gonna watch it because I'm a Resident Evil fan and I have to like. I have to torture myself. I have to see how fucking stupid this is. I say. (laughs) I say we watch that and do like a commentary for every episode. Do
2: a a Nemesis project. Look, this dumbass bullshit. We're here to torture ourselves. Yeah. Let's go.
0: Other than that, is there any
2: more news? No, that's it. I just had to rant. I had to rant again about how stupid people are. It's just like how people want to make a Batman TV show and not have fucking Batman in it. That fucking drives me insane. I hate that.
0: Hey, what, <laughs> what about the show Gotham? Um, God
2: damn it! Put Batman
0: in the TV show instead of just like <laughs> making all the villains and and people like adults. What if they're all children? Like that'd be cool, right?
2: Let's do an X Men show but not having any of the goddamn X-Men in it. I'm why? It's an <laughs> X-Men show, with they're all high school.
1: Yeah. are all the like, fucking, I like that show.
2: Your <laughs> book, the C-tier team. Why? God. Yeah. yeah.
1: Hey, speaking of Batman TV shows, uh, just uh, real quick, this is something I knew, but it didn't come up when we were discussing Star Trek. Uh, Dr. Pulaski, the actress who plays her, also voices that uh, Dr. Leslie Tompkins person in the Batman animated series.
0: Oh.
2: Yeah, you're right, actually. Now that I'm
1: thinking yeah. about Her it. Her voice always bugged me, and I looked it up one time, finally. I was like, oh, that's where I've heard it.
2: Well, there you go.
0: All right. Well, I guess we'll end it here. Unless, Andy, you have another surprise news attack.
1: Nope. Surprise no.
0: news attack. Surprise news. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, this is where we end the episode. If you want to catch more of Big Trouble World Podcast or our other shows, Accelerated Gamer, Nemesis project and getting some color make sure you type in nerd of you network on Apple podcast Google Podcasts, Spotify stitcher and red circle um, We also have some streaming platforms, which I think I'm changing to YouTube. I think I'm gonna pull a Zach uh, Because twitch is annoying me a little bit uh, But anyway, I digress uh, So I'll keep mine blank for now Zach. Are you planning to uh, stream lately?
2: uh i might be streaming monkey island soon uh but that's gonna depend on how fast i can beat red alert
0: okay and and what's your channel zork plays or something like that zork streams of course
2: if you google it you can't find it so i don't know how you find it i'll just gonna have to follow the
0: link yeah i'll link it in the description andy what about you what have you been playing on twitch
1: Uh, Not much. I'm still waiting for my OSC to come back repaired. I was planning on playing, like I said, a bunch of stuff in Accelerated Gamer, but Doom 64 sucked me in, and it's on Switch. I've been playing in handheld mode and just like listening to podcasts and stuff, so sorry. But I'm going to stream probably Death Stranding soon. Twitch.tv slash The Cliché Mustache.
0: Message You know what? I'm going to make... So I get an email from you, but message me anyway. Anyway, when you're doing Dead Stranding, because I want to see your commentary on the uh, cutscenes. Okay. <laughs> um, until next time, everybody. I think this is where we'll end it. Have a good night. Peace. Thanks for listening. Bye.